0: What's going on, guys? Ted Fayton, the host of the No Rain, No Rainbows podcast here. Just wanted to give you a heads up that this episode includes some explicit words in the delivery of the message. With that being said, I still think it's a message worth sharing. I hope you enjoy the episode. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the No Rain, No Rainbows podcast. Thank you for taking the time to join us today. We have a good one on tap. And as always, shout out to my executive producer, Andre Settles, Settles Solution Media, for helping to make this podcast possible. On the call, we have co-founder of 1-800-DENTIST, even though that's not what we're here to talk about today. He's also an author, speaker, entrepreneur, a business advisor, and also... Amazon and Wall Street Journal best-selling author, the author of Super Bold, From Underconfident to Charismatic in 90 Days. Please help me welcome Fred Joyle on the podcast. Fred, thank you for joining us.
1: Ted, it's awesome to be here. I'm really excited to have this conversation.
0: Absolutely. And I know I kind of gave the rundown of kind of, let's say, the resume, but I love giving the guests an opportunity to kind of, in their own words, kind of give a breakdown of their story really quick, who they are, what they do, and introduce themselves to the audience. So please, Fred, the floor is yours.
1: Yes. So there's really two sides of it. One is the personal growth side. I was a very shy person growing up and missed a lot of opportunities, whether it was meeting women or work opportunities or fun opportunities. Just in general, I was insecure, underconfident, and it just frustrated me. And I couldn't figure out how to get out of it. I couldn't figure out why bold people were that way. But I eventually started to just emulate them and dive into the discomfort of it and gradually worked my way up to where I am now, which is I can walk on stage to an audience of 5,000 people. I can walk out without any material and do an hour, just really comfortably sharing ideas with them and not even break a sweat. And most people are terrified talking to five people in a room <laughs> or talking to a stra- one stranger. Mm-hmm. But I figured out a systematic way to do that. Now, along the way, I created a business. Once I got into the advertising world, that was when I discovered what I really loved. I love that whole process of creating effective communication, like entertaining, but effective communication, which is what advertising is. Mm-hmm. And, and built an entire business on it. And that became a 30-year career and learning all the twists and turns of creating a business from scratch. I mean, we started with $30,000 of family money, which we couldn't lose. And over 30 years, generated over a billion dollars of revenue and spent about a half a billion dollars in advertising along the way. So we learned a tremendous amount. We created a fabulous culture in the business. I sold it about five years ago. And now, and in the course of that, did a whole lot of public speaking, wrote a couple of books for my industry, and then finally decided I need to write the book about boldness, about how to cultivate the superpower of boldness. And that's where Super Bold came from. And I put it in a systematic way that anybody can take themselves from wherever they are to wherever they want to be. And this this is my MTP at this point. This is where my passion is, is to create as many bold people as possible because we've got bold, pro- big problems in the world. We need people willing to step up and solve them. So yeah. it is my cause and my my joy to pass on this information. I love that because it resonates so well with No Rain, No Rainbows,
0: which we talk about overcoming adversity to live our best lives. And, and a lot of that means getting uncomfortable sometimes. And Oh, yeah. And someone like yourself who's able to, to build a life that many would most likely aspire to it's easy to look at someone like yourself and be like man you know that guy's so bold I wish I can be like that and and I love how you mentioned you know breaking it down so anyone can do this so really my first question and you've already kind of alluded to the answer here is do you have to be born with boldness is this something that you either have or you don't or is this something that you can actually develop over time
1: I think a lot of our boldness and confidence is programmed out of us as we grow up. I think things that happen to us, the wrong messaging from parents or the wrong example from parents. Now, sometimes you can have a parent who's overprotective and they they don't let you ever be uncomfortable. Or you can have a parent who's really bold, who is trying to push you into being bold before you're ready. They're overdosing the experience for you. So you crawl back into your shell and you become Less and less confident because you can't figure out again. I don't feel the way my dad or my mom feels when they're out in the world doing this wonderful thing where they just meet everybody and try everything and they're, you know, and they don't experience fear of failure or rejection or stuff like that. Or if they do, they just power right through. Most people don't feel that way. And high school is really brutal, right? High school is where we really start to you know, we want to fit in so badly. We want to be accepted so much. We want to be liked. We want to be admired. We want all of this stuff because it's just part of growing up. But it's, it's not anywhere near as important as you think. But it, it really slays your confidence in many ways. Or if you didn't have any, it finishes you off. <laughs> and that's the way it was for me. And I, I said, I have to figure out how to do this. And like anything you get good at, it takes time. It's gradual. It's not instant. Like I didn't wake up one morning and go like, I'm just taking chances from now on. I'm just, I'm just going to be bold from now on. I had to inch my way up and up and up, but it creates a positive feedback loop because when you do take bold action, good stuff happens. You will actually meet somebody instead of the story you're telling yourself that it's amazing what we'll tell ourselves when we want to meet somebody at a party. Like we see somebody across the room could be as a man or a woman, we could say, I really want to meet that person. Oh, but he probably has a girlfriend. You know, he probably has three girlfriends he probably isn't interested in me at all. He probably, you know, he, he'll think I'm too short or too tall or too skinny or too fat, or my hair's wrong. We'll come up with a vast array of reasons why that we are not worthy of that person. You're never going to shut that voice up, but you have to eventually ignore it and say, yeah, thanks for the advice. I'm not listening. I'm going to (laughs) walk over and talk to that person. And once you do that, you realize that people are just people 90% of the time. I mean, I, I talk to guys all the time who who date the like supermodel level women and they say the amazing thing is nobody will talk to them. So mm-hmm. it's really easy to walk up and talk to them because everybody thinks they're unapproachable and they spend a tremendous amount of time lonely because everybody thinks they're unapproachable. Wow. So we got everything wrong in our heads and we just have to shut it down and, and move on and say, no, no. I want to seize life. I want to seize this moment, this day, this year, because you know the clock is running. Yeah, and playing it safe is is a really bad strategy. Yeah,
0: that reminds me of a statistic I read. It was something like after interviewing thousands of New Yorkers on the subway, sixty percent of them said that they wouldn't spark up a conversation with a stranger because they didn't think they didn't want it, but eighty percent said that they're open to starting a conversation with a stranger. So it's like. I don't want to start. Most people don't want to start, but a vast majority of people are are willing to engage. How do you reframe the relationship with failure or rejection? Because kind of, as you mentioned, an example for myself, I remember I was also shy as a young kid. And I'm never going to forget when I got to an adult age, I'm out at the bar with a few friends of mine. I see this beautiful woman from across the bar. She was in a red dress walking by and I said, I got to talk to her. I need to just introduce myself. And I shuffle through all the people and I grab her hand. She turns around. She looks at me and I go, hey, I saw you from across the room. I thought you were beautiful. I just wanted to introduce myself. My name is Ted. Can I get you a drink? She looks me up and down, laughs and says, no, Goes, <laughs> no, I'm okay. And she walks away. Now, the magic thing about that is I said, okay. I went back to my friends. They handed me a drink and I had a great night. But it took me so long to get there. How do you reframe rejection and failure?
1: Well, because what you did and the reward was that you tried. It wasn't that you actually got her number. She could have just been an incredibly annoying person to actually know. She -hmm. was just beautiful. Right. So you said, I would like to meet her but we project this whole thing oh this could be my wife this could be the most amazing relationship ever which is the odds of that being true are like 100 to 1 against it right <laughs> but by trying you felt good about yourself cuz you took a swing so your swing and a miss feels way better than never walking up to the plate yeah and that's what you have to look at those times when you say i have missed opportunities I am stacking up the regrets and I don't want to do it anymore. Mm -hmm. And you got to get frustrated. Maybe you got to get a little bit angry to just say, what do I do? I have to start being uncomfortable and trying stuff. And what I do when I'm training people in the book is start when the stakes are really low and just do something really simple. Just smile at everybody you meet for the whole afternoon. Just walk around smiling at people and notice when people don't smile back and then don't take it personally because mm. it's you don't know why they didn't smile back you don't have to take it on this could be the worst day of their life they could have just gotten fired they could have just gotten divorced they could have bad teeth and don't smile at anybody mm. whatever it is you don't have to. so you start to do these exercises when there's nothing to lose and then gradually you get, you build your boldness muscle. Then all of a sudden you're talking to people in the Starbucks line and you're saying, wow, that's that's a great looking suit. I mean, you, you're wearing the heck out of that suit. And you're just doing a drive-by compliment to people and you're making somebody feel good about themselves. And you start to say, wow, they were really receptive to that. Well, of course they were. Have you ever been complimented where you went like, please, it's so annoying when people compliment me. It's not, you're never not going to say it. Yeah. You know, you actually don't know. A lot of people don't know what to say when somebody compliments them because it, we do it so rarely. So why not be that person that makes everybody you meet feel a little bit better about themselves? Yeah. Just do this drive by compliments. All of a sudden you're saying, wow, I'm enjoying being social because actually human beings, we're wired to be social. We have to unwire ourselves to be, you know, home, trapped alone alone saying, I love being an introvert. Mm -hmm. I'm an introvert, but I'm a bold introvert. I spend a tremendous amount of time alone getting stuff done, and then I go out into the world. Mm. But I'm never lonely. That's not my condition because it's in my control to be alone when I want. But I can meet anybody I want to meet and have a normal conversation with them. Now, it doesn't mean it's going to turn into a romantic relationship, or they're going to become a business partner, or they're going to invest in my business. But I'm walking in because I have told myself that wherever I am, I belong there. And that's when you transform that thinking for yourself, because it's true where you, if you decide you belong somewhere, you belong there. It's not up to other people. Other people may say you don't belong here and you can say, well, actually I do. You know, I'm just uh, and bold people do it. And they'll, they'll be literally in places where they don't belong. <laughs> and they'll most of the time, nobody does anything. Nobody stops them because they're acting like they belong there. So it's this powerful thing. I mean, they'll walk into a walk behind the velvet rope in the nightclub and they'll wave to the bouncer and the bouncer sort of just sort of lets them in like they're supposed to be there. Yeah. And it's because that it's a mindset. Wherever I am, I belong here. You never do that. Am I dressed right for this? Am I this? uh, These people are more successful than me or they're smarter than me, whatever. Dr. No, this is what I call this voice in our head telling us all the bad things that could be happening. And Mm -hmm. you just go, I'm not listening. And then eventually the voice gets quieter because your default mode is to step up, to speak up, to reach out, to try stuff. Sounds like fun. Yeah. Count me in. (laughs) Speaking of belonging, I'm never going to forget my wife and I, we were with a, a couple friends. It
0: was kind of a double date. We were at a hotel. We we're going to go to a rooftop bar, but we hear this, this music in the distance and we're like, where's this music coming from? And we, we walk through the hotel and it ends up with one of the conference rooms, uh, the big kind of convention conference room is packed out and they have like this elaborate stage with giraffes and stuff. And everybody's dressed up in suits and dresses, cocktail dresses. It was a party. And they're all out there dancing. Now, the husband of the woman we were with, he's like, all right, let's go. And he just walks in there. And I remember like, dude, what are you doing? (laughs) And then Jess is like, should we follow him? And I said, yeah, go, go. And we went in there and the dance floor is in the distance. We were just kind of in the corner by the other tables. And my wife and I, him and his wife, we just danced for like 15, 20 minutes having a ball. And then people who were at the party in the black tie event were walking out, looking at us, waving, saying hi. Nobody said anything. And we're just kind of enjoying this, I think it was bachata music. And then merengue came on and we were just having all this fun. And we ended up leaving because we felt like, hey, let's walk in like we belong there. And we, we followed his lead and we ended up having a good time. What are some of, I guess, the benefits that people can enjoy in their lives when they, they make the decision to work up their boldness and take advantage of some of those opportunities.
1: Well, it it's because life becomes this voyage of discovery of the unexpected. And what bold people don't do is they are never the ones to stop themselves. Mm-hmm. That and that's that's you know talking about the voice in our head and stuff like that, but that's that's the key to boldness is don't ever be the one to stop you. Wait till somebody else stops you. And the more you do it, the more you realize most of the time nobody's gonna stop you. No, like you're at this party, nobody they're gonna say, oh, they're here, they must belong here and they're gonna they're gonna welcome you. And if somebody says, you know, this is really a private party, this is you know it's for, it's for the CIA, you probably shouldn't be here. you can go, oh, I'm, I had no idea and, and then you leave. Yeah. Right. It's not a big deal. You you don't have to go, oh, how humiliating. I get kicked out. (laughs) You invited yourself in. So, of course, there's a chance of being kicked out. But a bold person says, hey, this is what I'm going to do. You know, the number of times that I've entered situations where I just stepped up and introduced myself, table of four women sitting there, you know, an event chatting with each other. And I just, I walk up and I say, you know, you guys look amazing, you know, like, is this, you know, is this a bachelorette party or something Mm -hmm. like that? No, no, we're just friends. friends, friends, And then it starts. What are you drinking? They they say, what are you drinking?" Oh, well, I'm drinking this. That sounds interesting. Before you know it, they've invited me to sit down. Hmm. And as, as typically other guys are looking at going, how is he sitting with four women and I'm standing here alone? And it's because I belong there. Yeah. If they said, oh, you know, where they gave me the cold shoulder, I don't have to take that on. They're four women having their own time. I don't have to intrude on it. But if they want to invite me in, great. But the strength in trying those things and realizing that 99% of the time something positive happens instead of something negative, you stop listening to the voice. You create these neural pathways that make you act in a bold way it becomes your default mode to act boldly and with confidence and it mm. happens gradually but then when it's important when somebody gives you an opportunity you step right up you speak right up you say yeah count me in yeah i'll do that you want to sing karaoke heck yeah. yeah i have a terrible voice but i'm you invited me on stage uh, as, uh, you want me as your backup singer i'm yeah. up there Right. And everybody's going to look and go, wow, he sucks. Right. But look at him up there and he's, he's trying, you know, I'm Mm -hmm. trying to be one of the pips in the background. Doesn't matter. There, my commitment to sucking is appealing to people, Mm -hmm. you know, but then there will will be times in your life and they may be only four or five times that will be pivotal moments that could get you The job you always wanted and you happen to run into somebody who's an executive at that company and you have a a chance to interact with them and show them how you can be interested in them, not just interesting yourself, because that's a life skill. How to make somebody and and you lock onto them and make them feel like the most important person in the room. They come away thinking you're amazing, Mm. but that's a life skill you develop, but it starts with being able to walk up. Mm. Or, you know, unfortunately, people pass away in our lives. It could be a parent, could be a best friend. I know so many people who miss out on doing a eulogy for a parent or a best friend because it's like I don't, I'm not comfortable speaking in public. And I tell them it's like this is not a performance. This is your your one chance in your life to get up and tell people how you feel about losing this person. Yeah. Nobody's gonna laugh at you or wonder what you're talking about or saying, oh, well, he's not making a lot of sense or he's crying or whatever, he's choking up. They will appreciate your vulnerability even more than what you say. But if you don't do it, it will gnaw at you the rest of your life. Mm. And that's that's why you want to be bold is when it's really important, you want to be the one stepping up speaking up. I mean, there may be times you have to defend somebody against a bully or speak out in a situation where you feel like somebody is saying what shouldn't be said. Like, you know, you just, you just got to be able to walk over to somebody and say, you know, that kind of joke's not funny anymore. I'm sorry. You know? And they go, oh, you know, I didn't realize it. Well, it's time to realize it. Mm -hmm. And then the other thing, you know, there's so many rewards. It takes boldness to ask for feedback, to say, critique me. You know, you and I, as as public speakers, praise is nice, but it's the criticism that helps us, (laughs) right? It's like, you know, 10 people will come up and say, that was amazing. That was great. It's like, I want to talk to the guy that thought I was full of it, right? It's like, Mm. you made no sense up there. Or it bothered me when you said this one word and I couldn't listen to the rest. I had a guy yell at me once for cursing during my lecture. And I said, I'm thinking of my whole lecture. I was like, did I curse? (laughs) <laughs> like I don't think I did, and I said, "What did I say?" He said, "Well, you said shit," and I went, "What?" <laughs> like, but 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 he's like, I thought maybe I dropped an f bomb or something like that. But mm-hmm. what he taught me was, in your audience, there's a whole range of sensitivity, yeah. and where some people I could drop an f bomb every third sentence, and they'd go, "I love this guy." And then the, and other people, the first time they heard it, they're done with you. Mm -hmm. And so I just said, I can say crap. I don't have to say shit. Right. And it's, it's got the same impact. It's not for impact. I will do, you can do other things to shock people and and spark them in a different way, but it was such great feedback that I, I said, I need to find that person. Those people that go like, I, you know, you, you didn't make any sense to me or you lost me when you, you know, when you went into this direction. It's like, oh, thank you. Because I like, I thought it was, I want to get to everybody. I'm never going to get to everybody, but I want to I wanna know who I didn't get to. Now, they may say this and this and this. And it's like, you know, as soon as I found out this was your political leaning, I didn't listen anymore. It's like, well, that's yeah. on you. I can't fix that, right? Yeah. You know, like you're dismissing people because you want to categorize them. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you you want to be out there getting feedback. And it takes boldness to give feedback, Mm. to be the kind of leader that can give feedback that somebody can accept. Instead of just, you want to be the nice person all the time. That's great. Except that team member or that employee needs you to speak up and tell them where they're messing up. Tell them that they're missing expectations. Because most of the time they think they're doing what you think, that what they're supposed to be doing, that they're just interpreting it because you haven't told them otherwise. Yeah. so you have to be able to say, you know, this and this, this, this isn't working. Or, you, you know, I know you think you can wander in here anytime you want and can be late for meetings, five minutes, and it shouldn't be a problem. It's a huge problem. It's disrespectful to everybody. So please don't do it ever again.
0: That works. This is true in relationships as well, where sure. you know sometimes having that hard conversation with your partner with, Hey, hey this is a need that's not being met or, or vice versa you know, is it's those hard conversations having the boldness to face that conflict, which bears the fruit of overcoming it. One thing I love about your title where you say super bold from underconfident to charismatic. I love that you say to charismatic because there's a very fine line with confidence and cockiness. And a lot of people, myself included, what held me back and but to be quite honest with the viewers and, and and with you, what still holds me back to this day is the fear of that confidence becoming cockiness, or the fear of my boldness coming across as cockiness to somebody else. How can we kind of tote that line, that balance successfully without having to worry about that cockiness creeping in?
1: Well, the thing about boldness is that the ultimate boldness is also has a deep element of humility in it. Mm -hmm. To know that as bold as you are, you're not perfect. You're actually embracing the fact that you are flawed and that you make mistakes and that you try stuff and you fail. And it takes, you know, a lot of it is wrapped in ego. Ego has is primarily driven by insecurity. It's like, I can't let people know that I don't feel that good about myself. So I have to be a, you know, a dominant force. I have to be cocky. I have to be this bold people, really bold people are not cocky. I've met a few billionaires at this point. None of them are cocky. They just, they they know, a a lot of things fell into place for them and it's right time, right place, right support, right people, right business, Whatever, and you know, they made big enough mistakes along the way where they they said, "I survived the mistakes, and that's how I got here." Yeah, And I'm the same way in my business. We made a series of survivable mistakes. Some of them were huge, and they set us back. You know, and I've done the same thing personally. I, you know, in relationships, I've made survivable mistakes. I get better at being in relationships all the time, but. Humility should be something you carry with you all through your life. However bold you are, it's not that you are better than people. What charisma is, is that confidence that you radiate, that wherever you are, you belong there and you want to make people feel better about themselves. It's not about making you feel better about yourself. When your energy is to go out and make other people feel better about themselves, even if you're criticizing them, even if you're giving them feedback, you say, look, you're a terrific employee. There's a couple of ways that you can get better. And they're really important. And I want to talk to you about them. And I want you to listen. Yeah, And that's in the end, they appreciate the candor. The candor is actually a gift. It's even a gift sometimes to fire somebody. It's saying like, you don't belong in this job, right? You're not good at this or you don't fit in this culture. You need to go find where you should be working and you need to get better, but you're not going to do it here anymore. And it's as hard as that is to do. It's a gift Mm -hmm. because now they got to reflect on it. And then they go find a place where they fit. And they're also saying, geez, I can't do some of the things that I did in the last job got me fired (laughs) and may take them three firings before they get it. But it's your responsibility as, as a leader to be open and candid with them and give them the gift of honesty and the truth and not overcharge it with emotion, not wait till that's what a lot of people do. They wait till there's so much behind energy behind it. It's like, you're always late. You're always like, you're just disrupting everything. It's like, it's like, that's not feedback. That's just you barfing yeah. <laughs> because, because you were afraid to be candid early on when you needed to.
0: I wanted to ask one of my last questions as we're coming up towards our, our time here. We've been talking a lot about boldness in life and you kind of alluded recently just, just with your last answer of, of the mistakes we make in business. What does boldness in business look like? Because I know we have a lot of entrepreneurs, freelancers who who listen to the podcast who are trying to, to build something and scale their business. How can we responsibly
1: implement that boldness into our business for growth? Anybody who's succeeded in business has gone where people told them they were most likely to fail. Mm. You know, when I started my business, there was almost no one who said that would work. My former boss at the ad agency, he said that'll never work. Now I could have listened to him, but I said, you know what? I got to try. It's the, I got to walk across the room and ask this woman out. <laughs> you know, yeah. I've got. She may say no. The marketplace may say I'm not interested. But I want to find out for myself, and you know, the co-founder of Automatic, which makes WordPress. I can't remember his last name, Mark something, but he said something that really stuck with me. He says the history of mankind can be summed up in one word: mistakes, because that's what we learn from. That's how we learn to walk. <laughs> we When we learn to walk, our body is running like they say it's something like a million attempts a minute of neural testing to try to get us on our feet. Mm -hmm. And so it's all falling down until it's not. And that's life. Life's all falling down until we're walking and then we're running Mm -hmm. and we're climbing. And so when you're bold in business, you're trying stuff that's risky. It has a percentage chance of failing, sometimes a high percentage chance of failing, but it's only a failure if you don't mind the failure for the information in it so that you can proceed better yeah i've lost hundreds of thousands of dollars on bad ideas but then my team would sit down and say all right what did, what did we learn from this and if we dig down deep enough we pull something out that you know may take 5 years of utilizing that knowledge to cover the cover up for the mistake or it could 10x Itself because we learned and we said, oh, it's not the, the people don't want this. They want forty five degrees from that. We just weren't hitting them right. But all we had to do is change the angle, change the approach, change the usability, whatever the heck it is. Let's learn from what the marketplace is is taking us instead of folding the tents. Like oh, this is a, <laughs> this is a bad idea. You know, bold people are persistent, and anybody I ever met who succeeded in business persistence was their number one personal quality is that it. they were going to wait till something else stopped them that, you know, when everybody else was going to step off, they stepped up. I love that. That reminds me
0: of, I mean, sometimes the outcome we look for is not the outcome we get, but it might be better. Whereas, uh, are you familiar with the, how the, the technology for GPS was developed where it was from the launch of Sputnik and there were a couple college Professors or college students who were like, I wonder if we can track the location of of the satellite while it's in the air. And they kind of developed this technology just so they could see where Sputnik was at all times. And another professor is like, hey, can you reverse that frequency and pinpoint where we are on Earth from the satellite? And that's where the idea (laughs) of the GPS came from.
1: Uh, Yeah, I think we can.
0: Yeah, just from a little curiosity as to where is this satellite at this point in time. Fred, I can go on and on with questions, but I want to be respectful of your time. And I definitely want to make sure that the audience can not only get the book Super Bold from Underconfident to Charismatic in 90 Days, but really connect with you, follow you on your platforms and and continue to learn from from all the value that you've accumulated throughout your life. So how can folks connect with you?
1: So my website is fredjoyle.com. And so you can see a couple of the lectures I've done that are on there. You can download the first chapter of the book. Uh, you can even tee up a 30-minute conversation with me. If you say, look, I'm a young entrepreneur, I know I got some blind sides or or you know, I got a great idea and I got a starting a great business, but my confidence is is not strong. I, I have trouble interacting with people. I'm having trouble raising money because I these are challenges. Whatever it is, you want to book a call with me. This this won't go on forever, but you know, right now you can book 30 minutes with me right there on the website. But the book is available on Amazon. It's in hardcover. It's on Kindle and it's on Audible and it's me reading the book. And I just remind people, it's about doing something. This isn't a book to read. This is a book about taking action and doing these exercises to build your boldness muscle so that in 90 days, you've transformed yourself so that your default mode is boldness and you know how to do it when it matters. And then you're just going to get bolder and bolder and bolder the rest of your life. I love that. And for anyone who's watching us on YouTube, there it is right here,
0: Super Bold on Audible. <laughs> and I'm actually going to go ahead and and uh, get that right now because I definitely need to work on being more super bold. So appreciate that. And uh, I'm definitely looking forward to listening to it. Fred, thank you so much for taking the time, sharing your journey and really the the lessons that came from it, because we go through life for lessons. And like you said, humankind being summed up in mistakes. When we share those mistakes that we've had, we usually spare someone else from making the same. So thank you so much for, for paying that forward.
1: Thank you for having me on, Ted. It's been a great experience for me too. Absolutely. It's my pleasure. And I'm going to recap a, a couple of points that I wrote down along
0: the way. One was programming, in terms of when Fred mentioned, you know, a lot of times we're programmed to be opposite of bold. We're, we're programmed to kind of get into this shell. And it's going to be hard to undo that programming, which is which is why we have to hone into the fact that hey, good stuff happens when we are bold. And it's better to swing and miss than to not walk up to the plate at all. Regret. That could be a hard pill to swallow, especially as time goes on. So don't stack the regrets, stack those swings, st- stack the strikeouts. Be happy when you strike out because you were up there and you swing. And was it Wayne Gretzky or someone who said you missed 100% of the shots you don't take? So yeah. it's all about taking the shot. I belong here. Having the boldness to understand and know and the confidence to, to know that wherever you are, you do belong. And hey, sometimes if someone else tells you you don't belong there, Maybe you don't belong there. Just as it says, the bold never stop themselves. It's usually someone else who stops them. And of course, pivotal moments. There's urgency here. That's why I went ahead and bought the book right now, because the urgency is you never know when these life-changing moments will show up. Luck is simply preparation meeting opportunity. If we start now and build that boldness, the day those opportunities come, you will be equipped to take that advantage and run through the door. Take boldness to give feedback. A lot of us avoid these conversations because we're afraid of maybe the conflict or the result of it, but the boldness is addressing it and being candid and saying it when it comes to mind, saying when it's fresh and not pent up with all the emotion behind it. That's when the message kind of gets distorted. And finally, that will never work. Success in business often comes from those who've gone where others didn't really see it happening. The largest accommodation company in the world, Airbnb, doesn't own any. Any real estate, the largest transportation in the company, Uber doesn't own any cars. And if you would have told me at a young age that my parents would encourage me to get into a stranger's car after a night out with some friends... I would have thought you were crazy, but look at the success of those businesses. And we can only imagine the success of yours when you are bold and you step into your greatness. Guys, thank you for making it to the end of the episode. I'm going to be bold and ask for feedback. So please leave a rating. Let us know how we're doing. An honest rating doesn't have to be five stars let us know how we can improve. But if you do love the podcast, please subscribe so you can get a new episode each and every single week. And of course, be sure to subscribe to our Patreon page. If you love this podcast and you want to support monetarily, you could hear extra content from guests like Fred and others. But thank you for making it to the end. We appreciate the time. And as we always say at the end of the episode, everybody wants the sunshine, but they don't want the rain, but you can't get the pleasure without first the pain. Let's grow.